Welcome to Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Dana Wilson, and I move people. I am all about the tools and techniques that empower tomorrow's leaders to make the work of their dreams and live a full life while doing it. So whether you're new to the game or transitioning to your next echelon of greatness, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, my friend. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dana. I am stoked that you're here. This is a special one because I have a special announcement that I am going to bury in the middle of this episode. <laughs> uh, okay, let's do this. I have started a new monthly practice of doing a talking head on Instagram. Uh, that is where my head and face talk to my phone about something important to me, and then I share it with the world via Instagram. Now you're all caught up on what a talking head is. <laughs> Anyways, last month when I made my talking head to invite people to join Widomcom, aka the Words That Move Me community, I shared my thoughts on one of my favorite subjects, imposter syndrome. I truly love this subject. Even a month ago, I could have talked about it for hours. But then I posted this video and got a huge response. Now we're here and imposter syndrome has its own episode. And I'm excited to get into it. But first, wins. Today I am celebrating the decision to cancel something. This will probably become its own podcast episode, actually, somewhere down the road because there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> um, I am a person who loves to say yes, and I love to have a packed schedule, but it turns out I am also a person who is learning to say no and create space in my schedule for things like, oh, I don't know, sleep, maybe even boredom if I get lucky. I don't know if I'll reach boredom this summer. Who knows? We'll see how July goes. Anyways, I'm celebrating this decision because it was hard to make, but uh, making it and liking my reasons for making my choice has brought me huge freedom and kind of a release and ease as I head into my summer. So that's me. Now you go. What's going well in your world? Or perhaps... You're inspired by my win. Perhaps you want to pre-celebrate saying no to a commitment and yes to freedom and space in your schedule in the future. I don't know. I'll get out of your wins. Take it away. All you. What's going on? Well? Okay. I'm so glad you're winning. Congratulations. I've got you. And I've got some big news. Okay, I didn't wait very long. I'm just going to give you the announcement now before we get into the episode. <sighs> big announcement is that, no, this is not the same as my win. This is not the thing that I canceled. But I have decided after 190 episodes, y'all, including all the little bonus dudes, I have decided to take a very short break and switch the podcast format to a seasonal format. 12 weeks on, four weeks off. Actual seasons, instead of just years 
we don't have actual seasons in LA, but we do, well, we will have them on words that move me. I started the podcast at the end of 2019. And of course, March of 2020 brought the lockdown, which was very conducive to a weekly podcast kind of life. But now work and life things are picking up in a way that is very exciting. And to keep the pod exciting and to keep the overall quality of work high, oh, and to keep a high quality of life, this is the switch. This is what I'm doing. Uh, we're taking a short break and we'll come back to a super strong change, a, a different switch, a different change. I'm also adjusting to accommodate a video format. Believe it or not, because uh, you know I'm no stranger to the camera. <laughs> I can always find the lens. I usually have at least one camera on me at all times. Now I'll have cameras on my guests as well. And I'm so excited for this change. I'm excited to bring faces to the creatives who are usually behind the scenes. Um, I'm excited to continue sharing the mic with dancers who are all too often voiceless in our work. So the pod will be a video podcast. It's going down. I am jazzed. Oh, and I am also stoked to announce that during the break, I'll be releasing a little Words That Move Me podcast roadmap, a a list of favorites, uh, recommendations, if you will, for those of you who may be new and may be overwhelmed with all of the content. Uh, so we've created a couple best of the best lists on several subjects like money, uh, training, being on the job, auditioning, processing feelings, and so many more. So we'll be releasing those lists over the break on our Instagram. So be sure you are following us at Words That Move Me Podcast on Instagram. And I think that's it. So, imposter syndrome. I got a huge response for this short little video I posted with my kind of theory, my philosophy on imposter syndrome. I got a lot of like, whoa, great concept. Uh, needed to hear this. Um, a lot of little mind-blown emojis and a few solid conversations came out of this. I also got a link to a YouTube video of another woman's hot take on imposter syndrome. And that was something that really helped me round out my ideas about this subject uh, even more than they were. So it's solid. I'm excited to share with you. But first, I'll just catch you up. So the internet defines imposter syndrome as the experience of not feeling successful inside, like internally you don't feel successful, despite being high-performing externally in the eyes of the world or of other people. The experience of not feeling successful internally despite being high-performing externally. I have struggled with imposter syndrome. Julia Roberts, pretty sure you've heard of her. She's great. Uh, she has struggled with imposter syndrome. There is no level of skill or proficiency that will make you immune to imposter syndrome. All human beings, but especially women, I will come back to that in a second, all of us are susceptible to imposter syndrome. And I bet most of us either have it or will have it at some point or another in our lives. Not because we're weak or broken or vulnerable, but simply because it, it being imposter syndrome, is a feeling, not an actual syndrome. And as humans, 
we will feel it all. I repeat, (laughs) imposter syndrome is not an actual syndrome. In fact, when it was conceptualized by two male psychologists, shocker, it was viewed as a phenomenon. Imposter phenomenon is what it was called. It was thought to be common among high-achieving women, and it was uh, called imposter phenomenon or imposterism. Research later revealed that both men and women experience it, but again, imposterism or imposter phenomenon, whatever you want to call it, is a feeling rather than an, well, it's actually kind of an emotional cocktail of feelings that equates to not feeling successful, but rather doubtful and afraid of being exposed as a fraud. That's the real kernel of it. That's the worst part about it is not only that you don't feel good, but you feel bad. You feel afraid that you might be exposed for what you are, which is a fraud, which is also a lie. And we're going to get into that in a second. Are you with me so far? Okay. Let's get on to my take on imposterism. That was the internet's take. That's the history of the thing. Now, I believe if you're close enough to the people doing the work that you admire to have imposter syndrome in the first place, then you're also close enough to pull up a chair, have a seat at the table, and learn directly from them. Learn learn from the people you admire. Learn from the people who are doing that great work to fill your skill gaps and grow big and strong until you reach what will ultimately be your next level of feeling like an imposter, at which point you can process your self-doubt and fear and do it all over again. That's my take. I really think if you're close enough to the people and the work that you think are great, if you're close enough to that, to feel imposter syndrome, then you're close enough to learn from the best. You're close enough to be a pupil of that high level of work. So if your brain is offering you that you are somehow less than, maybe it's a little bit right. Maybe there are skill gaps or actual weaknesses that you want to strengthen. And being at that level will help you strengthen, will help you fill those skill gaps. Okay, now to give you even more ammo to switch up your lens when you experience imposter syndrome, I want to give you yet another angle. In response to my Instagram share, someone privately sent me a link to a commencement speech given at Smith University. I don't remember which year, but Smith is an all-women's college, and the speech is given by a woman named Reshma Sujani. It's linked in the show notes to this episode. I really encourage you watch this talk. Whoa. Anyways, Reshma Sujani is the founder of Girls Who Code and the best-selling author of Brave Not Perfect. Her focus in her work is corporate feminism, which just sounds like so much fun. I can't even handle it. Anyways, Reshma gives a history lesson to the graduating class of Smith College, and she, she in, in her talk, we travel back to the 1890s. And she explains a medical condition at the time that was called bicycle face. Yes, bicycle face. And would you believe it? Bicycle face affected only women. Only women could get bicycle face. Bicycle face was explained, uh, the, the symptoms of it were flushed cheeks, bulging eyes, and a clenched jaw. Those are the symptoms of bike face. Now, we all know 
that it wasn't just women riding bikes. And we also know that men also get flushed and bug-eyed and strained while riding bikes, especially a strenuous bike ride. But for some reason, bike face was a woman's disease. So Reshma breaks it down. Bikes were a symbol for movement, for women going further and going faster. And all of a sudden, women, especially women who rode bikes, wanted to wear different clothes. Bye-bye dresses. We want pants. They wanted to go outside of their communities. They wanted to meet with other people. They wanted to be doing more. Reshma geniusly and poetically says, bicycles were what women were riding into the new world. And that was threatening to men. That was threatening to the status quo. Reshma says, and I quote this one because this is a good one. More than a century later, we can see bike face for what it is, or rather what it was. Not a medical mistake, but a deliberate tool a strategy wielded by powerful men to put women back in our place, to make us stop peddling. Whoa, mic drop moment. Now, I don't think I personally put imposter syndrome on exactly the same level as bicycle face, but I do feel extra good about leaning into this kind of middle finger up to the patriarchy, like I feel pretty good about using imposter phenomenon as something other than what it may have been intended to be by whatever men invented it. It was intended to keep us out. I intend to use it as a tool for growth. And I hope that you do too. Here's what I want to finish with. Okay. There's a concept that I love the, the idea of joy as an act of resistance or as an act of rebellion even. Like the world wants you to be down and, and dark and to, to defy it, you choose joy. You choose light. Joy as an act of resistance. I love this, this notion. Oh, bonus. It also happens to be the name of the second studio album of the British rock band called Idols. But I've never heard that album, so we'll have to have that conversation another time. Anyways, every month in the Words That Move Me community, my career coaching membership, we have a community event. It is usually a virtual call outside our regularly scheduled coaching calls where we might play movie musical trivia or share poetry or talk about a movie. Anyways, it depends on what the focus of the month that month is. But I always look forward to these calls. And when I was deciding uh, what our community event would be for last month, when our focus was imposter syndrome, uh, I remembered this notion, this joy as an act of resistance thing. And I thought of Reshma. I thought of my middle finger up to what imposter syndrome was intended to do, which is keep people out. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't it be defiant of us? Wouldn't it be a slap in imposter syndrome's bike face <laughs> uh, for all of us to specialize at something, to be experts at something, for all of us to pull up a chair at the table, take up space, hold the space, own the spotlight for even five minutes each. 
on the subject of our choice. So that's what we did. I invited all 70 of my Words That Move Me members to give a micro TED Talk about something, anything that they are passionate about and consider themselves to be a specialist at. Now, pause right there before we move on. What do you really excel at? What are you the specialist of? Do you make the perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich or a quesadilla, perhaps? Are you an expert joke rememberer or joke teller or gift giver? Are you a specialist at packing a carry-on bag? Or finding a great mom-and-pop restaurant? Um, like, do you have a gift for that? You see where this is going. We're not talking rocket science. I guarantee you are the specialist at something or a specialist at something. So this wound up being my favorite community event of all time. I learned so freaking much. I mean, <laughs> we had expert closet organizers, expert cross stitchers. Uh, we had an expert book gifter, like a person that gifts books really well. This is special. And what else? Oh, we had a step-by-step -step tutorial on how to make the perfect egg. The egg that lives somewhere right in between sunny side up and over easy. Yeah, that's a thing. Mind blown. Man, we even found out that one of our fabulous community members works as an actress in training scenarios for first responders, like emergency first responders. They have to practice on someone. And yes, they practice on actors. How cool is that? Okay. I learned a lot from the experts in the room, but my biggest takeaway is that being an expert on something, taking up space, holding that space, owning the floor, owning the spotlight, is actually quite easy when you are passionate about what you're talking about. All of us could have gone on for way more than five minutes. Passion and interest were the fuel. And because of that fuel, we went far and we went fast and we could have gone further. Like we could have talked for hours. That is what I would like to leave you with. On the subject of imposter syndrome, if you're feeling frozen or held back or afraid to pull up a chair, I encourage you to practice just like you would at anything else you're struggling with. You practice. Take small bites at being an expert. Practice taking time and space, being passionate, and sharing about something that you love. Start with five minutes and some friends, then bring that new skill of yours, that expert thing that you do, out into the world. Pull up a seat at the table and be passionate, be interested in learning and in sharing. That's really it. That's it. I know you belong at the table. I know you do. That is what I have for you today, my friend. Wow. A lot of thoughts on imposter syndrome, imposter phenomenon, imposterism. If you're able to process the unwanted feelings that come along with it, the self-doubt, all that fear, if you're able to just feel those things, oh my gosh, feeling incapable, that's my least favorite feeling to feel. If you can process those unwanted emotions, shout out again to the podcast Roadmap the recommendations towards our best episodes about processing unwanted feelings, specific tools and techniques for processing. We've got that in podcasts. If you can process unwanted feelings, then imposter syndrome is nothing but an indication light 
that you've got some skill gaps or areas of weakness that you think need strengthening. And if you're feeling like an imposter, you're probably close enough to people who can help you fill those gaps and strengthen those weaknesses. You're, you're able to be the expert about something enough to get you through the door. That's what I have for you today. Now, enjoy our break. Enjoy your break. Go catch up on the podcast roadmap recommendations. And if you think you're going to miss me, if you think that you would like to have a seat at the table for community events like the ones I just talked about, please consider joining the Words That Move Me community. I am not taking a break from that. We're going to go all summer long and beyond. Uh, and I have a feeling these community events and coaching calls are just getting better. Uh, really hope to see you there. Really hope you're loving the pod and that you continue to into all the upcoming seasons. Thank you for being here. Thank you for 190 episodes. Well, 191 now. Go out into the world. Practice being a specialist. Practice being passionate and interested. And of course, practice being very, very funky. I will talk to you soon. This podcast was produced by me with the help of many. Music by Max Winnie. Logo and brand design by Brie Reitz. And big thanks to Riley Higgins, our executive assistant and editor. Also, massive thanks to you, the mover who is no stranger to taking action. So go take action. I will not, cannot stop you from downloading episodes or leaving a review and a rating. I will not ban you from my online store for spending your hard-earned money on the cool merch and awesome programs that await you there. I will 100% not stop you from visiting wordsthatmoveme.com if you want to talk with me, work with me, and make moves with the rest of the Words That Move Me community. Oh, and also, I will not stop you from visiting thedanawilson.com if you're curious about all the things that I do that are not Words That Move Me related. <laughs> all right, my friend, keep it funky. I'll talk to you soon.